Well, Merry Christmas, church family. I am praying that you are having an awesome week, weekend with your family and friends. I'm sure it's full. I'm sure there's some crazy parts. Uh, but uh, I pray that you are able to see Jesus in the midst of it. And first, able to receive his love and his joy and his peace and his truth on a regular basis. And then give it away uh, to your family and help them see that as well. Uh, Christmas is, I, I really enjoy the season. I always have. I enjoy some of the traditions of Christmas. I think traditions are an essential part for us to stay grounded uh, as fragile human beings. Some, some traditions can be bad or we can sometimes use traditions in the wrong way. Uh, but uh, I like some Christmas traditions. I, one tradition that I like is I love the Christmas songs. Not all of them. Uh, some of them I'm absolutely sick of after the second time I hear them. But some of these songs really bring me into a worship of Jesus in a unique way. Uh, a couple of the songs I really like are um, Chris Tomlin's He Shall Reign Forevermore. I love Joy to the World. Uh, there's, I love those lyrics and the sound of that song. There's so many different versions out there. But, um, uh, you know, Celine Dion's Oh Holy Night. Ooh, that just sort of brings me into a sacred space. Um, really enjoy uh, that song. I Probably my favorite of all of them is Oh Come Let Us Adore Him. Uh, I love that song. There's two versions I really like. There's an old one, old passion song that uh, has incredible drums. It just kind of gets in my bones as I'm worshiping to that one. Then there's a newer passion also, actually. Uh, this one you can find, it's uh, uh, Oh Come All Ye Faithful and His Name Shall Be. Uh, that one, boy, you stick to the end at the end. They're just singing out just what his name shall be. And that is uh, a very powerful song there. And then lastly, I really love Little Drummer Boy. I, I oh, the, the, the message of that song is the heart of God in this season. It's the upside down kingdom. It's the heart of, of, of godly giving and what it means to bring a gift to God. Love those songs. So I really love the Christmas songs. That kind of just helps me know that this is a special season. A couple of the other traditions I really like from our family is um, one of the biggest ones is my wife puts together sort of an Advent act daily activity for our family. So we, weekly we will we will do a devotion, uh, you know, on an aspect of the coming birth of Jesus. But then every day she's got this little mini drawer set and it's got uh, for one for each day of Advent and there's little slips of paper and the kids pull it out and what activity are we going to do today? And some of our favorites are uh, we love like a late night pajama run to get ice cream. Uh, we love uh, baking cookies night. Uh, we love uh, getting around the table and all making gingerbread houses. So the graham crackers and frosting and the candy that, you know, actually all of my life I'll do is sugar. Uh, we do do some other things besides eat sugar. We will have a minute to win it game night. We'll have um, singing, you know, whatever. But uh, it's just fun. It's just, uh, when our kids were smaller, it really brought a lot of pop and excitement into our family. Like, what are we going to do today? Uh, now that they're older, there's not as much pop and excitement, but I can tell that for uh, my older children, they really love it. It just brings us together as a family and it reminds us of wonderful memories. And it's just, uh, it brings more conversation and depth than just watching a movie together. So I really, really am grateful to my wife for creating and sustaining that tradition over the years. Um, 
So anyways, lots of traditions that, uh, that, uh, that we love. Um, but this can be a tough time. Uh, you know, I, I do not like the family drama that always seems to happen uh, on one side of the family or the other. You know, uh, that's always tough every year. And, and then I, I, I don't like when the larger family gets together and the amount of small decisions that we have to make. You know, what are we going to eat today? Where are we going? And there's so many opinions in the room. That's always very stressful. But um, tough sometimes. And I think this is one of the many reasons the scripture calls us into spiritual family is that we would receive the word, the power, the spirit of Jesus, that we can then continue to bring that into our blood families to represent Jesus. Um, And so I'm praying that this morning in this small devotional that we are going to do, that it will give you conviction, uh, comfort, and wisdom, and strength to uh, engage with your blood family and to bring the kingdom of God even more into your blood family. We are going to take a look at um, two uh, scriptures uh, as we look at uh, parts of the birth narrative. The first one is going to come out of Matthew chapter 1, and it's going to be verse 18. If you want to pull out the scripture or or whatever, but uh, I'm in the New Living Translation, NLT. Chapter 1, verse 18 says, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus." for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your scripture. Thank you, God, that even on a video screen, your scripture can come alive in our hearts and our minds. And so come, Spirit living God, and breathe life into your word. Speak to us, each of us, where we are at. Help us to hear your voice and your leadership in this time. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, in this first um, scripture, I want to take a look at Joseph. And then we're going to end with Mary. Joseph is such an inspirational character, and I want to look at one aspect of Joseph, and then we're going to just look at one aspect of Mary. You know, Joseph, we we get here, uh, Joseph eventually finds out what's going on with his fiance, but before he finds out from the angel, he has to deal with this bomb that just exploded in his life and both of his family's life. Remember, in this ancient context, uh, when you're engaged to somebody, that was as if you were married. It just gave you time to prepare the addition to the house and to prepare for the ceremony. Uh, you didn't touch each other, but you were you were bound in 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 for life. And then after the ceremony, then um, you would live together. So Joseph is presumably getting ready, uh, adding to his father's house uh, the addition for him and his new wife, and. This uh, young woman comes and tells him 
hey, I'm pregnant. But by the way, it's the Holy Spirit. And I just have to imagine Joseph in his head, the first thing he would think of is like, now that's a new one. Uh, you're going to have the nerve to tell me that you have a baby that's not mine, but you swear you didn't sleep with anybody to have that baby, right? That's a new one right there. And the thing is, we see the character and the heart of Joseph right after he gets this announcement from Mary, before the angel tells him, no, she's for reals. She's not being crazy. Uh, and I think verse 19, we get this. It says here, right after he hears the, the news from Mary, Joseph, her fiance, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. What an amazing man of character and dignity, right? In this moment, Joseph is probably hurt. He's, ang he's been betrayed. He's angry. He's shocked. His life plans are now shattered. And he could easily have chosen to just advocate for himself to, right, bring the hurt to her and her family. He could have really made this an emotional thing. He could have easily just made sure that, you know, as much of the shame and the disgrace we brought to Mary and her family and really tried to save his face, right? Talking down to her and her family, you know, whatever. And you know how this stuff goes. If he reacts in this kind of hurt and anger, now you're going to have all kinds of family coming up and people taking sides and, uh, you know, and, and old little wounds are going to be coming up and... You know, some family tell Joseph, I told you not to get with that girl or some family like, hey, man, that girl is a bleep, bleep, you know, and just all these things that just becomes this fury of division uh, that would have taken years to heal from. Not to mention the consequences that would have come upon Mary in this ancient world. But Joseph does none of that. Joseph says, I will submit my hurt and my kind of personal reputation, my dignity in order to really help Mary have dignity in this. He's able to see in the midst of his world being rocked that Mary's is rocked a lot worse. This is going to be much worse for her. And I am going to do everything I can to just break this off and keep her dignity and keep peace to the family. I think we need to hear this word in this season. See, uh, you know, right here we see why the Lord picked this couple to carry his son. This is a man of God right here. This is a man, right? When we, when we think about our family and family dysfunction and family drama, there's kind of two ways that people will react to that, that both come out of a selfish heart. The one way is to jump in there and it's all about me. It's all about kind of defending my reputation. It's all about bringing the attack to other family members. So it's not on me. It's all about kind of putting the gasoline under the fire. But then there's the other side where, hey, it's all about my comfort and I'm just going to stay out of this. I'm just going to kind of stay passive. I'm just going to kind of take care of me and I'm going to let the other family just kind of fight this out. But Joseph shows us the man of God who will step into a family conflict and do everything in his power and control to keep unity and peace, who will submit his own hurt and need to be vindicated or submit his own need for comfort and actually engage in a way that, that helps 
The family stay together. Helps bring unity. He will swallow pride. He will swallow the need to be, you know, heard or whatever. And he will be a healer and a unifier. He will kind of get in there to sort of hold the peace. How many of us need to hear that in this season? That that in the spirit of God, we can bring our hurts to God and our family disappointments, and then we can step in as servants, looking to mend here and to patch up here and empower over here and affirm over here and kind of be that kingdom influence that keeps a family as much together as we can possibly control. Oh, that we would have the courage to ask Jesus how to be like Joseph in the midst of uh, the family drama and difficulties that we have. I love this about Joseph. There's so much more as you keep reading the story about Joseph. He is often, and we don't look at him enough, but he is, he's a solid man. He is a man that builds the foundation for the kingdom to grow. Uh, which I think is a call on many of our lives, and a, a man that we can look to for help and inspiration in that. Well, now let's look at Mary, because she is a stud. Uh, in Luke chapter 1, we get another uh, angle of the, the birth uh, narrative, and we're probably all familiar with, right, the, the angel appears to, to Mary and is like, hey, guess what? Your life is about to change forever. Um, you're going to carry the Savior of the world She's shocked, and then at the end, though, she says to the angel, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then after this angel encounter, Mary, a few days later, leaves to go uh, see Elizabeth, uh, family. And Elizabeth kind of um, blesses Mary, right, uh, in this moment. In, In chapter 1 of Luke, verse 42, Elizabeth says, To Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Uh, Wow. You are blessed above all women. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. There's another deep characteristic of a person who is full of faith, a person who has uh, the favor of God upon them, a person who has been transformed by the living God in their lives, they are uh, a person who is able to believe in very trying, difficult times that the Lord will do what he says he will do. Remember, Mary is young. She's a teenager. She is a very poor woman. She's living in a chaotic time. And she now has just been told, you're going to carry this baby. Um, And she is in a place of saying, the Lord's going to do this. I'm I'm, I'm saying yes to this. Uh, She has this sense that in the midst of chaotic narratives that are all around her, there is a stronger narrative of God's not only involvement, but of God's sure and steady hand to bring her and her new family to exactly where he wants that. He controls her ultimate story. Uh, Mary, we see uh, in response to Elizabeth's blessing over her, Mary doesn't just go, oh, thanks, you know, um, you know, you know, that, all right, we're all good. No, you see that there is a reason why God called this woman. She is a woman of profound worship of God. 
Uh, listen to the words that she says in her. She just busts out with a song from her heart in response to this blessing she receives from Elizabeth. In verse 46 of chapter 1 in Luke, it says, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. This is what's so amazing, right? Mary is being set up to be the hero of her village, of her religious community. She is being blessed by one of the spiritual matriarchs of her you know, town. And she, in this song of praise, she has one line which she talks about herself. She says, For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. And it's sort of, when you read the rest of the song, you realize it's like a, and they're going to call me blessed? And then the rest of the song is about the character of God and the power of God and the promises of God, right? Mary has a deep, intimate worship relationship with God in the midst of chaos and difficulty. We need to learn from this. Now, I will just say it this way, because there's so many practical ways we could step into this sort of characteristic of Mary. But in this season, as we are getting ready to end the year, coming out of Christmas into New Year's, there are so many ways and influences that are around us of how we are to rest, to be restored, and to prepare for a new year. We are to get as much entertainment, as fun, and as we can in this vacation week. We are to eat as much good foods as we can. Uh, right? Watch all the movies that are out that everybody's talking about. We are to play all the games. We are, right? But there is nothing that will give us that strength and rest and courage to grow in the new year than space to worship God. Particularly, I just want to encourage us all to create space, 30 minutes, an hour. Some of you would have the courage a half of a day to get away, to go down to a park in your neighborhood, quiet place in your home, turn off your phone, get off of the screen, and have the courage to let your mind go a little nuts for a while. And have the ADD, like, oh my gosh, I need to be stimulated. What about messaging? What's going on? And just have a journal, right? Uh, and just create some space in solitude. And then begin to ask Jesus, would you help me to remember and see what where you have been faithful to me in this past year? Would you help me to remember and see through that faithfulness who you are and help me to praise you out of my heart? Not even having a song help praise y'all. That is awesome, right? We're, go, go, go do that as well, right? But I mean, the way Mary just, it comes out of her heart. It's just, it's, it's in her. And all of this profound character traits of God just comes out of her heart. Write that down. Just sing it to the Lord. Um, speak it to him. Uh, I promise you that if you create that space, 
one, two, three times in, over the course of a week, every day if you, if you are able, um, you will feel in that place your soul being revived, your emotional health getting better, your mental health getting better. Because when you create that space to remember his faithfulness, to remember his promises, and to worship him for his who he is, the Spirit of God will meet you in that. It's 100% guaranteed. You have now opened up the spiritual realm, and now the Spirit of God meets you in that worship, and it will bring a strength, uh, an assurance, a joy, and a peace, even in the midst of having to deal with great chaos. So, so church, I just bless you. I bless you to let Joseph inspire you to be a person of the kingdom and uh, in dignity in midst of your family, to be a, per- a peacemaker and a unifier. And I bless you to be a person that knows how to dig deep into the wells of your soul with God and to worship him for who he is as a means for your joy and your rest in this season. Can't wait to see you all in the new year because uh, God has promises for our church that Uh, He is going to fulfill, and we're going to go and get them together. Blessings. Love you all.